I'm Tefra Jemian. And I'm Hannah Bailey. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! yeah! We're talking about Dash and Lily's Book of Dares. Dash and Lily's Book of Dares by David Levithan and Rachel Cohn. I have a confession to make, which is that I did not read this book this week. Uh, For a very good reason. (laughs) We chose this book on Friday, and it's now Tuesday because Mm -hmm. holiday schedules. Yeah. And um, I was listening to it on audiobook, because that's how I had it accessible. Mm -hmm. And I had big plans today because I was going to be out and about, and I was going to just have it in my headphones while mm-hmm. I was out and about. And then this morning, my little baby, uh, <laughs> Toby, had an appointment. So yesterday morning, yesterday I was like up till midnight making cupcakes because my big baby's fifth birthday is today. And so I had to make <laughs> cupcakes to bring to daycare. And then also yesterday I got a call saying um, that offering us an appointment for Toby at the breastfeeding clinic because Toby has a tongue tie, which has been affecting breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And it was the only appointment they could offer us before, like, mid-January. Mm-hmm. And it was this morning at 9 a.m. So after first bringing thing one to daycare and, you know, realizing I had forgotten the cupcakes, etc., got to the breastfeeding clinic at 10 after 9, Um And the doctor was concerned because Toby was breathing very quickly. I think what actually happened was Toby was really excited. (laughs) And uh, and so he was breathing like... (laughs) um, Waving his arms around and like cooing and stuff. And and the Mm -hmm. doctor was like, I don't want to perform an operation on a baby who's this agitated because Mm -hmm. the operation is stressful and it can like... Mm-hmm. Basically, like, he should not breathe any faster than he is currently breathing. Yeah. And also, I'm concerned about this very fast breathing, and you should go to the ER. Mm. So I took my very tiny baby to the ER. Uh, thankfully, when you take a very tiny baby to the ER, they, they move the very tiny baby through very quickly so that the very tiny baby is not exposed to all of the nastiness that is in the ER. Yeah. Um, and they were just basically like, yeah, he has a cold. He is fine. You know, if this happens or this happens, bring him back. But mm-hmm. basically, he's okay. And then after that, we had to go to his six-week midwife appointment just because all these things happened to be scheduled on the same day. Like, this was all just coincidentally the most jam-packed, stupid, dumb day. And just because I was in such a hurry this morning and it was early and we were going to come back after... I forgot my headphones. Mm-hmm. So I did actually have ample time to listen to a full audiobook today. It would have been great to have that, but I did not have my headphones. And so, teacher, that is how the dog ate my homework, and I did not <laughs> read the book. Hannah, however, read this book, and I did read yes. the first two chapters, mm-hmm. which was enough to let me know that I hated it. <laughs> yeah. Passionately. <laughs> hated it. Hannah, how did you feel about this book? I did not like this book. Um, did not like it. I several times. I also listened to it on audiobook, which I will say as a caveat, I think when I listen to a book on audiobook and I it's not especially well narrated or I don't like the narrators, 
Um, I think it makes me like the book less. I don't think I would have liked this book if I'd read it, but I think I maybe hated it more because of the audiobook. Um, I just like didn't find like either of the voices made me like the characters and also they both did like really bad really offensive accents for secondary characters that were supposed to be from places that weren't America um which made me like it even less yeah i um, i think i didn't i don't think go you, you probably didn't to hear get those. to that point um but i I also, I usually avoid audiobooks yeah. because I find that the narration can affect me mm-hmm. so strongly. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I like to have the neutral voice in my head reading yes. the book. Uh, but I also found these narrators kind of irritating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so didn't love the narrators. So I think that didn't help. I did not like this book. <laughs> I Several times during listen to, listening to it, I came out into my living room and just complained to my roommate about how I didn't want to be listening to this book anymore. <laughs> Can you tell me about a couple of those points? Or perhaps just the most egregious? Point? I don't... They weren't specific points. It was just like, I, I, I still have four more hours of this and right. I don't want to have four more hours of this. Okay, but egregious points. Um, so there's this whole really confusing bit in the middle where the main character, like, sort of half gets back together with his ex. And it's, like, supposed to be written that it's, like, him, like, realizing things about romance and, like, realizing that, like, she wasn't right for him, but Lily is. And, um, but really, like, all I got from it was, like, wow, these two characters have way more chemistry than the two actual main characters do, and he should just be with her. Um, (laughs) Well, now, when I was reading... When I listened to the first two chapters Mm -hmm. and no more and was just introduced to the main characters. Yeah. I felt that neither of them read as 16. One of them read as maybe a surly 20. And one of them read as about 12. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. (laughs) And because of that, I had a great deal of trouble imagining this as a romance. Yeah, yeah. Dash definitely reads like a first disillusioned, first second year university student. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she she reads like a preteen, mm-hmm. um, which I think is supposed to be like she's supposed to be very like sheltered and naive um, and all of this. Right. Um, but so I think <laughs> I, I thought I was going to have trouble being mean about this book, but apparently I don't. I'm just going to feel really bad about it afterwards. Well, you know what? In uh, our last episode, I think it was, we were going yeah. like... We've never hated a book we are, before. We are so nice. We're never mean. We're never mean. We're just, you know what? I am exhausted. <laughs> I just really didn't like this book. Mm-hmm. I wanted to like it. I love cheesy holiday books. Mm-hmm. I did not like this book. So I think when I, I think I texted Teffer about this book while I was reading it because I, I started reading it before you did and yeah. I saw you on Saturday and I said, have you started reading this book yet? And you said no. And I said, oh my God, I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, then and then you started reading it and you texted me and you were like, I hate it too. I just want to point out to our <laughs> listeners that this is also possibly why Hannah finished this book and I did not. <laughs> I also don't have a six-week-old infant. That's true. <laughs> as well as a five-year-old Yeah, child. the six-week-old infant doesn't get in the way, the, the five-year-old gets in the way. So it was like, yeah, like the, the main male character is just like the fuckiest of fuckboys mm-hmm. is how I described mm-hmm. him. And the main female character is just a collection of tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. No, I felt like the uh, main boy character was kind of supposed to be like a Holden Caulfield. Oh, he's like absolutely yeah, supposed to be a Holden Caulfield. He's supposed Caulfield. to be a J.D. Salinger kind of. I also 
hate catcher in the rye. Oh, as do so I. That so didn't help. This is refreshing. I hate Holton Caulfield and, oh. I, and I hate the catcher in the rye. I, I hate I hate catcher in the rye. And I find like there's a specific like genre of like teen to like young twenties men who are obsessed with Holden, with Catcher in the Rye and J.B. Yeah. Salinger in general, yeah. and I find that they are universally distasteful. Well, um, yeah, because if you try to be like Holden Caulfield, you're going to be <laughs> shitty. Um, and so, so the setup, I don't know if you got this far, but the setup to the to the whole like them meeting romance involves both of them really liking J.D. Salinger. Yeah, I got that. Um, um, and so I was immediately like, the whole premise of why you're perfect for each other is you both like this shitty book. <laughs> Yeah, my I have not actually read Franny and Zoe, um, and I haven't read. To be fair, I have not read Catcher in the Rye in a long time, but I really disliked it when I read it. See, I liked Catcher in the Rye when I read it the first okay. time, and then I grew. <laughs> I was I was describing my dislike of JD Salinger uh, to somebody, and she said, "Well, like what I've heard is that like." It's basically like a book you like if you developed depression very early, and I'm like, fair, okay, so like. Not my boat, but like valid if it speaks to you and your experience. That's good. Um, but I stand by what I said about like 20 year old men who think that it's the best thing ever. So I do want to say something actually that I just remembered. Yeah. I have something to contribute to. Excellent. This. You when, have much to contribute. <laughs> when I first started listening to it, mm-hmm. I thought that the first few pages were what was written in the notebook. Oh. And I was thinking, oh, some absolutely douchey 22-year-old prick <laughs> is writing about how New York sucks in the holidays and this kid is going to have some kind of, like, discovery of this person. Mm-hmm. And then a little ways into it, I was like, shit, this is the narrator. Yeah. I am going to have to sit with this <laughs> for this whole book. Yeah. So, I was disappointed. You mm-hmm. said you were disappointed because you love ho- holiday books, like cheesy holiday yeah. books. Yeah. I was disappointed because I love Rachel Cohn. Yeah. And, and I used to, I haven't read uh, Daniel Levithan and, uh, is it, is, it's Daniel Levithan, right? David I'm, Levithan. It's David Levithan. So I and just, I'm tired. And they wrote Nick and Nora's and Infinite Playlist, which yeah, is supposed which I to love. be very I, good. Okay, I really I've never like read it. Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. I, um, I read a lot of David Levithan in high school and I really liked it. Um, I, Rachel Cohn wrote one of my favorite series, the yeah. Gingerbread series. So it was just, I mean, my suspicion is that this was a book that the publishers were like, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist is doing well. But in the holidays. Yeah, like, like make this, make that book again. Yeah. And Rachel Cohn and David Levitin were like, fine. <laughs> and like, wrote something. Yeah. Um, that's the impression I got. It also, it feels like very, 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 like just every mid-2000s YA book. Mm-hmm. Like... Like disillusioned, like disillusioned, grumpy boys who secretly have a heart of gold are very mid 2000s YA, mm-hmm. as well as like misfit girls who are very not like most girls TM is very mid 2000s YA, and mm-hmm. that is very much what these two mm-hmm. characters are like. Um, when does Dash? When is Dash supposed to become likable, whether or not he does? Like, what is the point at which you're supposed to be like, oh, he seems like a dick, but he has such a heart of gold? I mean, I think he's just supposed to become likable, like, the longer you sit with him um, and, like, the more she gets to know him. But does he keep doing the same thing? 
Um, I mean, like, kind of. And you're supposed to start liking it. <laughs> yeah, like, you're you're supposed to, like, understand that he's, like, had a rough time because his dad is shitty. He's, like, she gets drunk at one point and he's nice to her. Maybe that's when you're supposed to start liking him. The bar is really on the floor. <laughs> oh, it's so on the floor. Um, yeah, that might be the point in which he's supposed to become, like, a decent guy. Okay. Can you give me a brief plot synopsis? Because I only read the first yes. two chapters of this book. And I will also give our readers a brief, pop, brief plot synopsis. A bleep plot synopsis. <laughs> okay, you know what? Hey, I'm usually the one you doing can. that. Let me enjoy this. Okay, fair. Um, I will give the readers a brief plot synopsis. Wow, I'm having trouble with that phrase Post today. Post-apocalyptic. <laughs> Post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, we enjoy making this show together. Um, <laughs> so, because I do not recommend that you read this book. So just listen to me tell you about the plot instead. <laughs> so I I wanted to like it because like it's a cheesy holiday romance and it's got a bit of a like you've got mail thing going on. And I love you've got mail. Um, I mean, I'm aware that it's like kind of shitty in numerous ways, but I love you've got mail. Um, so basically what happens is so the main the main female character, Lily, her, she is, like, she has no friends at school because she, like, doesn't, she... Because she likes Salinger and they wear... No, no, it's because she's too sensitive and so she thinks that everyone doesn't like her. Um, there was an incident with a gerbil in, like, yeah, the yeah. fourth grade. Yeah. Um, and that has strongly shaped her entire personality. <laughs> <laughs> Tever's making a very disappointed <laughs> face. Um, I'm just I just feel like starting off your book by being like here's our main character she has the personality of a gerbil it's just it's just not a good start (laughs) no it's her gerbil got eaten by a cat at show and tell at school and then she like screamed and everyone started calling her shrilly and then she refers to herself as shrilly throughout the book Anyways, so so she is, like, very close with her family, mm-hmm. but, like, doesn't really have any other friends. And then her parents go on a second honeymoon over Christmas instead of being home for Christmas. So she's just home with her brother and her brother's boyfriend. Uh, but they are, like, ignoring her because they're in love and shit. Um, and so basically, I think, like, largely to get rid of her, but also maybe out of some sort of brotherly affection, uh, the brother and the brother's boyfriend are like, we're going to, like, make this notebook that's going to be, like, a scavenger hunt to find you a boyfriend, essentially. So they, like, leave these, like, different, like, clues in this notebook in a bookstore next to the J.D. Salinger. Um, and then Dash, who is our, who is Holden Caulfield, essentially, um, finds the notebook and like completes the clues and then instead of putting it back like he's supposed to takes it because he wants to keep her all for himself and then they like pass back and forth this notebook throughout the book um and like they write in it and they like you know see into each other's souls and it's all very romantic uh except for it just like goes on for way too long Mm -hmm. and it's very boring in the middle um and then and then also at the same time his ex-girlfriend who had moved to Spain comes back and he starts hanging out with her and it's like again the arc is supposed to be like him realizing that they like weren't right for each other after all and like figuring out things about romance but like it actually just reads like oh these two have much more chemistry and they should be together so it's kind of like Nick and Nora's infinite playlist minus any of the appeal of the main characters 
I have never read yeah. Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Yeah. We yeah. should, because it's good. Okay. But yeah, yeah. No, that's the thing. Is like Nick and Nora have a very similar kind of storyline. Yeah. Except it's all in one night, so it doesn't drag at all. Yeah. And they're sympathetic at all. Yeah. <laughs> so these two, they keep passing it back and forth. And then, like, I don't know, some other stuff happens. She gets grounded. And, oh, no, she, like, goes out... So then she meets this other boy who, like, she knew from grade school. And, like, they go on a couple of dates, which is, like, confusing, but whatever. Does he eat her gerbil? He's the, he's the one whose cat ate her gerbil in fourth grade. Well, that's just true love. <laughs> and and so, or, like, something, something, he was responsible for the death of the gerbil in some way, shape, or form. Um, and then, so, like, she goes with this other dude with like her carol singing group to like a pub and then she gets like wasted on like seven sips of their drinks so like this person doesn't understand how alcohol works but (laughs) anyway she's supposed to be like very drunk perhaps they're all drinking 90 percent alcohol that's meant for like diluting potentially yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, their drinks are described and that's not what they're drinking, but we could imagine that. Well, maybe that was an editorial choice. Or she just underreports how much she drank. That's also possible. Maybe she means, like, seven shots. Maybe <laughs> sip. No, it was, like, sips of other people's drinks, but maybe her and I define sips very differently. <laughs> I define a sip as half a pint. <laughs> anyway, she gets, like, wasted. And then that is the point at which she meets him in real life for the first time. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's also like a weird Cinderella thing where like she's supposed to leave the notebook for him at a club with some of his friends, but she like doesn't give them the notebook, but she does like lose a boot in the process. And then he has her boot for a while. It's it's very bizarre. Um, My impression of Dash was that he probably smells really bad. Yeah. I imagine. Um, and then, anyway, so, like, he encounters her for the first time while drunk and is, like, the illusion is shattered. She's not the girl I thought she was, but he's still really nice to her. And I think that's the point at which he's supposed to, like, be better. Um, and then, and then they, like, I think that they, they then, like, run into each other in person again. And are like, no, we actually like each other. And then they go on a date on New Year's Eve. And it's, like, cute and shit. Um, or is supposed to be, and then the curtain drops. Does Dash learn to love Christmas? Not really. Does Lily learn to be less obnoxious about Christmas? No. She does, oh, she does learn that it wasn't that everyone else hated her. It's this that she didn't try to make friends. And if she actually tried to interact with the other girls at her school, they would like her. Okay, I do feel like that's a realistic lesson for a 16-year-old to learn. It is. It's a realistic (laughs) lesson. So, like, grain of salt, I do, like, find that premise good. The way that it is Uh. presented in the book is, like, basically it's exactly that. There's no subtlety. Okay. There's zero subtlety. Yeah, because, like, when I was listening to her part, the, like, brief part I had at first, I was like, she does not sound 16. She sounds like a tiny child. Then I remembered interactions I've had with a 16-year-old who is in my life, and I was like, oh, okay, no, 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 mm-hmm, 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 I'm okay. Like, yeah, there are yeah. 16-year-olds who are at this level. Um, yeah. So I, I did like that, yeah. like, because I'm like, that's that's very relatable. That's a that's a good lesson, but it was it was done very poorly. Yeah. <laughs> um. On a scale of month-old jack-o'-lantern <laughs> to like fully trimmed christmas tree 
How much of a holiday book is this? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There was a month old jack lantern that sat outside my building for a while, and it was very festive and sweet. I liked it. Okay. Um, I was thinking of like a, a rotting one. Yeah, you know, when they like kind of slump down, <laughs> yeah. and their eyes kind of close. So that's like that's like the bottom of the festive scale. Yeah. See, this book was set at Christmas, but it didn't feel festive. Okay, but I mean, arguably, Die Hard. You could say the same thing for Die Hard, the best Christmas movie of all time. I've never seen Die Hard. No, she's Fair. okay. So, so on no, Saturday, no, I'm, she was... I'm I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> okay. I should have expected that. That's, that's not your scene. <laughs> on Saturday, Teffer was threatening to disown me as a friend because I like Carol of the Bells. Um, Hannah, you're gonna make us lose followers. <laughs> no, I was worried that this is gonna be the nail in the coffin. Carol of the Bells is spooky. <laughs> Therefore, it is not Christmas music. It is Halloween music. I like Carol of the Bells. It's a little bit spooky, but it's also fun. It's like if Tim Burton wrote a Christmas carol. (laughs) Anyways, Tepper almost disowned me as a friend. Um, But then I didn't because I realized that I only don't have friends because I don't, because I keep cutting them off for their music taste. Um, so back to uh yes yeah um, um does anybody make christmas cookies at any point in this oh book? she makes co- christmas cookies multiple times and the climactic scene involves them making rice krispie treats together okay okay i'm gonna give it a point for that yeah. we know there's caroling because this girl is obsessed with caroling yes there's caroling it, it is partially like i think it's like doing a deliberately unfestive thing actually because a big plot point is that, like, neither of them are actually really celebrating Christmas that year. Right. Um, Dash purposefully, he basically tells both of his parents that he's spending it with his other parent. Yeah. Um, because he doesn't want to spend it with either of them. So Dash is, like, purposefully no Christmas. And Lily's parents are away and her brother is not actually, like, paying attention to her. So she also does not really have Christmas, although she is invited to Christmas dinner at her great aunt's house, who she loves, and then she, like, skips Christmas dinner to, like, write in this notebook to Holden Caulfield. Uh. (laughs) Hashtag bad choices. Yeah. Um, I felt as though her older brother, who has... Langston? Langston, yes. Um, Their mother is a professor of American poetry. Yes. I felt as though Langston might be redeemable. Yeah, I I liked like oh, Langston is fine. He's um he's like a bit of a dickish older brother, but like not any more than is typical and like you do get that he like cares about her yeah. and wants her to be happy. I was wondering um, if Langston and Lily might have like a Franny Zoe um might be a Franny Zoe callback cuz Franny and Zoe is about an older brother and younger sister. Okay. But I have not read Franny and Zoe in probably 12 years. I have never And read I did it. not finish this book. Okay. So I cannot make that comparison. They never have like a like a brother sister bonding moment sort mm-hmm. of thing, but he is like consistently there for her when she really needs it kind of deal. And he wrote a pretty horrible pretentious scavenger hunt in a notebook for her to get a boyfriend. Yeah. Because so he, like, he thinks she needs to believe in love. Yes. Yeah. It's not so much that he thinks she needs to believe in love. I think it's more that he thinks that she needs to have friends who are not their family. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um and also it would keep her busy so he could make out with his boyfriend a lot which yes. i understand yeah 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 so th- those those were the those were the things yeah so he's not bad they're like a lot of the characters i think would have been really cool if the book was better written yeah 
Same with, like, the plot could have been kind of fun if the book was better written. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, the narration might have had a lot to do with how much I disliked it. I don't know. They weren't, like, full-on obnoxious narrators. No. You know? Yeah. I think it was just the book was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to say, like, full confession, mm-hmm. if I had read this book when I was 16, I probably would have been like, oh, dash, if only I could find a broody, Salinger-loving minute oh. Because when I was 16, I had a crush on this barista at a local coffee shop, of course. Mm-hmm. I had a crush on two of them, actually. One who looked mm-hmm. like Kurt Cobain and was way too old for me, <laughs> and the other one who was probably, like, 18 or so, okay. um, but was... Just very hip, you know, very mm-hmm. like probably did read a lot of Salinger. Yeah. You know, when you like, oh, yeah. maybe you haven't dated enough boys to know about this kind of boy, but you have a lot of guys who are friends. So like, yeah, I've, when you, I've when you a couple of, boys. yeah, when you go into, they were very nerdy boys. When you go into a guy's room and he's got like a mattress on the floor and a milk crate and like a bookshelf that has like three books and they're all from the same era of American literature. Mm. And you're like, and then he has like a stack of moleskins. <laughs> I've not dated yeah. that particular brand of boy, but I have heard about that particular yeah. brand of boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> that's just that's just where Dash is heading. Dash oh, yeah. is going to be a philosophy major. Yes. Uh, he's going to go vegan for a short period of time. He's going to talk a whole lot on Twitter about how he really doesn't care if his girlfriend shaves or not. Um, yeah, yeah this is all tracking. Then at some point, he's going to realize that everybody's bored with this thing and he's gonna like develop a real personality and then he's gonna be okay yeah that makes sense or he's gonna just like stay in academia keep doing that and write <laughs> op-eds about how he doesn't care if his girlfriend shaves or not for the rest of his life yeah that, that, that and then tracks. get dragged on twitter when he's like 50 and the young people are like why is this guy still writing as though we care yeah 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 so, okay, I'm going to say one more thing that I hated about this book, and then I'm going to be slightly nicer. Um, so I think my main problem with this book is that just that it wasn't well written. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that it... I mean, the characters were not super redeemable, but I mean, I think you could have done similar concepts, but better fairly easily. Um, but so my, my least favorite thing, which is it seems strange, but like three quarters of the way through the book... They introduce the fact that Dash is obsessed with yogurt, and it becomes a very important part of his character for the last quarter of the book. And it is not mentioned at all in the first three quarters of the book. And it was just very bizarre. Yeah. (laughs) It was just really weird. Yeah, that's a weird that's a weird choice to make. It was just really weird. And that's like something like that's not just like a writer slip up, that's an editor slip up of not being like, hey, yeah. this gets introduced two thirds of the way through the book. Maybe uh introduce yogurt earlier in the book. Because <laughs> it gets introduced as part of a plot point. Yeah. And then it just gets brought up again and again as like a funny thing about him that he just like loves yogurt. But it, the thing is that it's Terry not- loves yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> But the thing is that it's not mentioned at all for the first, like, at least half, but I think close to three quarters of this book. (laughs) They don't like it. How far did the Marie Howe thing go? Oh, remind me who Marie Howe is. So Marie Howe is an American poet. She is quoted in the actual notebook. She's one of Lily's mom's favorites. 
It kind of fizzles out, I think. Yeah, I I, they might reference it later. Because that made me dislike Lily. Fair. Just the way she she uh, um, engaged with the poem. Which, yeah. to be fair, was the way I engaged with poetry as a 16-year-old. Like, yeah. there's just, there are ways to write this shit and make it endearing. Mm-hmm. And then there are ways to write it and make it insufferable. Yeah. And it's disappointing from writers who we know are good. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think that's why I really disliked Lily's character is like, in a lot of ways, Lily character is very relatable to like what I was like Mm -hmm. as a young teen but it was just like exaggerated in ways that made it not realistic yeah you called her a collection of tropes yeah Um, can you tell me a little more about that I mean I feel like it was just like I don't know like girl who loves to read and hang out in bookstores girl who you know, is a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. Girl who doesn't know how to relate to girls her own age. Yeah. It was just, yeah, she just felt like, yeah, a collection of like, yeah. It's, I'm trying to think of, it's like almost a Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing, except not quite. It's almost a reverse Manic Pixie Dream yeah. Girl thing, if anything. It's like dorky pixie dream girl. It's kind of a mutual like, Manic Pixie Dream Girl situation right. in that like they both are like missing something in their lives and like he needs her to make her she needs him to make her fun and he needs her to make him less bleak right which again like is something you can work with if you do it well and like I firmly believe that both Cohen and Levithan could do that Levithan could do that I'm sorry I'm mispronouncing names all over the place today (laughs) um yeah yeah so my thing about this book that I was thinking about, especially because I was talking to a friend who had read it when she was like a tween and teenager and really liked it. And she was like, yeah, no, I can see what you mean, though, about like probably if I reread it now, I would not like it. Um, and so I think I have a feeling that like you, I would probably have liked this book if I'd read it at like 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, to be fair, we I mean, we talk about, like, the things that grown-ups can learn from, mm-hmm. or, like, anyone of any ages can learn from YA on this show. Um, and I think it is important to remember in that project that YA is written for teens. Yeah. Um, it's not written for adults. But that said, I think that good YA can be enjoyed by anyone of any mm-hmm. age. Um, I think that mediocre YA is enjoyable for teens and not enjoyable for adults. And I think that part of it is... That, like, I think that this is a decent story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that kid, that teens deserve good stories as well as good characters and good writing. Yeah. I think that this story, this book is a decent story with bad characters and bad writing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why that as grownups we don't like it. And again, I really believe, like, I... I I do not want to disrespect Rachel Cohn or David Levitan. I firmly believe that probably their publishers said, we need a holiday book. Yeah. In X amount of time. Yeah. Your names will sell. We don't care too much about the editing, right? Like, yeah, I, well, I really expect that is how this book came to light. And and having a whole novel length novel that the premise is it's a holiday book is hard. Like there's a there there's a why I think I mentioned this YA collection last week that I really like Let It Snow, which I'm actually rereading currently. So we'll see how much I like it on a reread. Um, 
But it's a collection of three interrelated novellas. And I think that, like, it hit on an important thing, which is it's hard to write a whole novel yeah. where the premise is just Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that I would have, if this had been a novella, if it had been a third of the length, mm-hmm. I think it might actually have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, and I mean, it's kind of a weird choice because that was an era where there were a lot of YA novellas. Yeah. Especially by big name authors. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I definitely like... A lot of weird production choices in this one. Like, a third of the way in, I was like, okay, this book is ready to be over now. Right. Like, you you set it up, we're ready for them to meet and, like, have a cute thing, and then it's done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead it just dragged out for, like, three more hours. There's also something that makes me a little uneasy about the setup of teen girl with no friends meets surly loner bookstore boy and like... She does get friends by the end of the book. Okay, that's good. Um, good. It happens in a very like awkward and contrived way and I think it could have, again, it could have been done much more naturally. Now in Rachel Cohn's second book, Mm -hmm. not a second book ever, but in the gingerbread trio... Uh, shrimp the uh, protagonist Cece has a similar experience of starting to make friends Mm -hmm. realizing that she's never really had friends outside of the boy she's dating so like she'll be dating a guy and she'll hang out with his friends but she doesn't make friends of her own and like has a similar thing of like Mm -hmm. like talking with this girl she's making friends with who they have been in school together for Mm -hmm. years and she's just like well you never like wanted to Mm -hmm. talk to anybody so you know, we left you alone because you seemed like you wanted to be alone. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's a it's a whole interesting thing. And what I really love about those books, which I, I hope yeah. we get into at some point, is yeah, that absolutely. there's this whole process of CC being very cool and, like, having mm. a real image and persona. And, yeah. like, you know, she mm. hangs out with a very small group of people because they're the people she knows are cool enough or whatever. Yeah. And you see her over the course of the book. So she goes from, I think, 16 to 21. Oh, cool. Um, getting away from that and realizing, mm. like, maybe I don't have to just always wear black. Maybe I don't yeah. have to, you know, hook my whole personality into this one mm-hmm. guy. Maybe, like, I can make friends. So I know Rachel Cohn can do that well. Yeah. It's <laughs> frustrating. Um, yeah. Because yeah, the premise of, like, girl realizes that, like, it, she's been pushing other people away, not the opposite, is really good. It was just done clumsily. It was it was done in, like, t- like two separate episodes that were maybe a page and a half long each. Mm-hmm. And and it was, just, it, was, it was just it was done clumsily. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that you liked? Yes. Yeah, so I was thinking hard about this because I don't like to be negative about things, even though I spent the past half hour talking about how much I didn't like this book. Is that why you like Carol of the Bells? <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, I'm sorry. Hannah. I just think it's I'm, really fun. I'm pushing this much farther than I have to for the sake of comedy. <laughs> I know. It's fine. Um, so I did like, as as I always do, shout out to Casual Queers Casually Existing. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 in enough of a way that it didn't feel tokenistic, which was nice. So I liked that her brother is gay and it's just like yeah. a thing and it's not a plot point. It's also, they are also very much not like gay best friend gays, mm-hmm. which I appreciate a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good. Because I think usually when you have like a gay brother or a gay best friend, they're like the perfect like fix your life kind of yeah. people but he's just kind of like he's her like slightly dickish big brother who yeah. is also gay um and so i liked that yeah 
Um, and there are a couple of other like casual queers casually existing moments. Um, we should make a casual queers casually existing t-shirt. Yeah, I really want to design word <laughs> art for that. Um, yeah, so I liked that. Um, I liked, again, I liked like the the message of other people aren't pushing you away, you're pushing them away. I liked that. Um, I, oh, you know what I really liked? And this is kind of a spoiler, but it's fine. Um, I really liked their kiss at the end of the book. Um, it wasn't written super... I don't think that's a spoiler. <laughs> it wasn't written super well, but I liked the way that it happened. In that it's written as, like, they, like, both go in to try and kiss each other and then, like, knock teeth or something. And then are like, okay, we should try that again. And it was just a very, like awkward honest portrayal of what mm-hmm. first kisses are often like which is mm-hmm. like fumbly and like cute but mm-hmm. like not fireworks because they're like fumbly and you're both really nervous yeah uh so i really liked that i thought that that was really cute and Curi- a little bit different curious is that a scene by david levitin um no i think it's by rachel okay Cohn. okay because i think of that as a hallmark of his writing oh interesting often like from from his protect the perspective the characters are like a little fumbly and yeah, yeah um um, but it's neat if that's like Rachel Cohn kind of echoing his style too, and um. yeah, no, it's it's really I really like actually how that whole interaction goes. So they are they have become locked in a bookstore basement on New Year's Eve, and so they're like hanging out, and then like they finally work up the nerve to kiss each other, and it's like awkward and family, and then they like kiss for a minute, and it's sweet. And then he's like, I'm really, really tired. I'm sorry. I want to go to sleep now. And she's like, okay, we can do this more in the morning. And he's like, yeah. And mm-hmm. then they go to sleep. And it's very cute. Yeah, that is um, cute. It's very cute and, like, very honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked that a lot. I liked how that worked. And there was, like, communication. Um, yeah. I like that it's the guy, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. A, that's a nice, like... Yeah, I thought it was it was fresh that it's like him being like, no, I like want to stop now. Yeah, but I like you. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah, I I like her great aunt. Her great aunt's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, next year we'll do more research into our holiday book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, like, yeah, I just didn't. I just didn't love it. Yeah. I just. I think a lot of it is it was longer than it needed to be, mm-hmm. and I didn't like the characters. Well. Dash and Lily's book of dares, folks. <laughs> um, so enough about Dash and Lily. Mm-hmm. What are your holiday plans? I am going home to Ottawa tomorrow, and I'm very excited about it. I'm going to hang out with my parents and my brother and my brother's wife and their cute dog, and I'm going to make an unreasonably uh, elaborate gingerbread house, nice. and it's going to be great. Nice. You should have post photos of that for the, I shall. the Instagram. I so. shall. I shall. Um, maybe concert. I'll maybe I'll do a literary inspired one. We'll see. Um, I like that idea. Yeah. Um, how about you? Uh pretty low key this year nice. because I have a very small baby. True. Um, thing <laughs> one is gonna be with uh, her dad for actual Christmas Day. Okay. Um, last year we we alternated. Yeah, so last you year was my years, year. Yeah. This year is, is his year. Um, but my sister is coming up from Boston on oh, the nice. 26th, and my brother's coming from Toronto on the 26th. Oh, that's great. And I have two sisters already in Montreal. Yeah. So that's going to be actually almost the whole crew. That's great. Uh, with the exception of my oldest sister, who's in Maine, and she just doesn't doesn't get up here that much. Yeah. Um, 
she made the drive. She says she made the drive every year for years Mm -hmm. from like New York and because yeah. she used to live in New York City and she's like now I am done yeah. <laughs> people can come visit me <laughs> I am fair. I am 50 and I would like to rest in my cabin in Maine <laughs> um, which I admire and appreciate yeah um yeah but it's gonna be like mm-hmm. all my siblings so most yeah. of my siblings oh, and, that's lovely and small kids and I think we're gonna do Christmas dinner on like the 27th Mm-hmm. Um, my family does have Christmas traditions that I really love and that yeah. I feel we've been kind of drifting away from. Okay. So I think I might try to like Resurrect put my foot down about a few. Yeah. Um, and Tom has a holiday tradition of watching Sound of Music on either the 23rd or the Christmas Eve. Nice. Uh, and so I believe we're going to do that on the 23rd. Nice. Um, I learned. Oh, and we're going to his mom's house on, on Christmas Eve. Oh, lovely. So that should be fun. Lovely. I learned a tidbit on Twitter today that you might have seen this also. Um, that the the real person who Liesl is based on was like almost definitely very gay, yes. and it made me happy. She I lived loved, with her partner for fifty years. I love <laughs> and, secret yeah. secret gay historical figures. Yeah. It makes me very happy. Well, especially because usually they weren't that secret. True. <laughs> it's just like the writing of history that has made that them has closeted yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that, and I really, I really appreciated that. Especially because yeah. I also had a big crush on Lisa. Oh, absolutely. I mean, she's um, very cute. She's very, very pretty. Yeah. She's extremely pretty, and yeah. she's like the romantic lead-ish in a couple of scenes. Have I told you Anyways. about my main slash in Sound of Music? No. The- oh, the Baroness, <laughs> and yeah, you love the Baroness. I love the Baroness. The Baroness and Maria. My my rewrite of sound of music is that the baroness when she like goes up to maria's room in the party and is like tells her basically that the, the captain is in love with her because mm-hmm. she knows that maria is not going to see it for herself yeah um and like i need i need to say this for another day but like i i love baroness von Trader. if you do not like her hit me up and i will tell you why you should and why you only don't like her because of misogyny um yes the only she explains this she, very well she is <laughs> Uh, uh, um, depicted as a villainess purely within the parameters of misogyny. That is the only yeah. lens through which you can see her as a villain. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, they go up to her room instead, and the Baroness is like, Maria, come away with me. <laughs> I need someone who needs my money desperately. And then they run off to Vienna, and they're very glamorous lesbians for the rest of their lives. And That's actually amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's my Love that's that. my slash fic. This fanfic does not exist. I have looked for it. <laughs> so someone make Tefra a Christmas present and write that fanfic. If you write that fanfic, I I'll cry. <laughs> I think we'll give you a shout out on yeah the yeah podcast. We will read it on the yeah podcast. I will I will do a special recording of reading that slash fic. I. <laughs> I want it. I want it. So make this my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is sound of music slash fanfic. Yeah, baby. All right. Um. So this episode has gone all sorts of places. Um. I'm sorry that I was so mean about Dash and Lily's book of dares. I didn't like it. But if you do, that's allowed. I'm not sorry. <laughs> um, I am sorry that that this week 
got so out of hand and I was so unprepared for this and uh, I hope that we were at least entertaining um, yeah if, if less informative than usual I think that was the bar for today was entertaining um, we will be back in the new year yeah um, we haven't figured out our recording schedule yet for the first episode, but we'll mm-hmm. tweet about it once yeah. we've scheduled that, which will probably be later today. Yeah. Um, we're, we are a quick reminder that we are going to go to biweekly recordings yes. in the new year, yes. uh, just for ease of scheduling. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't, like, we may still sometimes drop special episodes or whatever, yeah. but, we're, but our regular schedule is going to be biweekly mm-hmm. um, in 2019. Yeah. Also, plug, if you liked the special bonus movie episode about Dumplin' that we did, you should sign up to support us on Patreon, because one of the perks on Patreon is that we will do more episodes like that yeah. just for our patrons. Yeah. So. And, like, you can direct those a little bit and, yeah. like, ask us what to do and et cetera. Yeah, you should just check out the the things on patreon because we have some really cool mm-hmm. perks cool stuff um and it is still december so you can still get a free laptop sticker if, uh, if you register one. at five dollars a month or more that's five dollars a month that's uh yeah, yeah. it's not bad it's, not, it's really not bad it's it like us a lot yeah it's like uh i'm so bad at math what's 12 times five um 12 times five is 60 yeah that's 60 bucks over the course of a year yeah it's not that much that's really not that much. You no. can do it. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> um, okay. Thanks for listening to Yeah. If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at yapodcast and individually at tefferbear and at the Balesosaurus for lots of gay sound of music tweets. <laughs> If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts and by sharing this episode with a friend. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. On September 16, 1993, NBC aired the first ever episode of Frasier, a spin-off series about psychiatrist Dr. Frasier Crane, a much-loved Seattle shrink from Cheers. Ten days earlier, a baby was born. A baby who, we'd come to learn, was destined to have someone pay him $264 to watch through every episode of Frasier with different special guests, unpacking the deeper themes behind each episode. That baby is me, Tom Zalatni, and this is a terrible, terrible idea. Tune in to They're Calling Again, right here on the Upford Network. Hi, I'm Candace Pye, and I'm the host of Gal Chat, a weekly podcast where we give you our feminist takes on everything from sex and dating to politics and pop culture. It's a show that updates you on controversial headlines, dives into the latest movies and TV, and discusses things like Tinder troubles and Me Too struggles. I put out a new show every Tuesday with special guests, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Subscribe, rate, review, and follow us on social media at Gal Chat Pod.